Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Today, we have uh, strawweight Alexa Grasso calling in. Matt's movie minute finally comes back. And of course, Ovin St. Prue on the phone. And uh, it's really a fun show with a MeUndies read. And I show my underpants, correct? You sure did. UFC and digital media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra, powered by digital media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, or as we like to call it, Hen Chatter. You should have heard us before the show. I literally, I sit down, I'm, I'm eating too much salt lately. I'm like getting fat, and Matt's like, oh, me too. I'm putting weight. The two of us, we're just like two fucking, two housewives talking about our tummies. That's Pathetic. Why, that's why I do it be- before we get on. I know, I, I couldn't know help you're it. I didn't bring it up. I couldn't help it, because I, I just lifted my shirt before. I know. But you just want to, like, almost, not that you're fishing for a compliment, but you, wanna, you want reassurance. Yeah, I do. Because I go, you're not that bad. You're like, oh, thanks. I'll cut it out. Oh, I don't thanks. know. You sure? You sure? Look at this angle. You sure? You look good, Jimmy. I feel like a fat fuck. It's weird. I, I have body yeah. image issues. Well, listen, all I know is I'm having a, um, a detox. I'm going to get a cleanse. Now, actually, I'm getting a colonoscopy. That's right. But that's, I consider it the same thing because they Where are you say, going? I'm going month. That's why I'm not going to be here for right. the first uh, show next week. Yeah. You know? I have Dan Soder filling in. Um, oh, that's cool. And we have Anderson Silva on the phone. Oh, wow. And I like Dan Soder, man. I and, love Dan. He's very funny. <clears throat> Wyclef Jean is coming. Oh, yeah. Wyclef Jean will be in studio and then uh, Anderson on the phone. Yeah. Now, he's, he, that's a good dude, man. I'm going to be listening as I am healing my as you butt, get your my buttocks. Hosed out. Oh. It's not bad. Oh, you get you get a little bit of propofol. You're a little loopy afterwards, but it's fine. You'll be fine. All right, I'm used to you're that. just getting it. Just a checkup. Just just you know, a yeah, precautionary you know, checkup. No my reason. my mother passed away. I'm not trying to get negative. I'm not trying to get uh, be a, de- yeah, a Debbie Downer. But uh, the truth is, yeah, I lost my mother a year ago, and uh, she had colon cancer. But you know, the only thing you could do is this early detection. You know, so usually after 50, as a dude, you go. But if it's in your family, you're supposed to go after 40. You are. Yeah, you know, I mean, when they when they uh, checked inside my mother, they go, "Yo," the second they they looked in there, like if she she had, if she would have went like seven or eight years earlier, they would it would have been enough time. Really? But when they looked in there, like, oh boy, that's too late. You know, stage four right off the bat. Stage four is a motherfucker. I mean, yeah. it's not, stage one is not good, but stage yeah. four is like, no, nah, I know. Imagine hearing that. Like, what stage is, is it? You know, and then they tell you, you're like, oh, thanks for the death sentence. But if she had gone sooner. What? If she had gone sooner, they might have been able to. Yes. Catch yes. Her. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so smart. So this weekend, so that's why. Like I've been planning the like the diet, and it hasn't been working out too great. <laughs> it just hasn't, dude. I do good all day long. Like like for instance, like dude, I start the day. I take my kids to school. I get a workout in. I then I come here, and then I get back. I taught at my school. I mean that's a long ass day, and I don't eat, eat bad during the day at all. But at night, Jimmy. Yes, sir. At night is what it's it hard. gets me. Because then I just, I, sh- I eat, and I eat too much, and then I'm just a mess. Just you know when I have a bad time? I was on a set yesterday shooting uh, for Power. I play a priest. Yeah. And on sets, I'm terrible because they have craft services. Ooh. So I walk over there, and I get like a cup full of uh, 
Not just nuts, but you know the nuts that will have like little chocolates in them and a little bit of granola. A treat mm. for a sweet boy. <laughs> What's the matter with a that? A sweet boy's treat. But there's nothing wrong with that. And it's bad though. And I eat a bunch of them and I can't stop it. You don't feel like you're cheating Dude, you're I, on a you, set. You know what I feel like? I feel like we're, we're back before we got on air. Hen chatter. It's horrible. Welcome to hen chatter. <laughs> I apologize. The UFC official <laughs> Two hens talking about our uh, fucking fat. Oh my god, I had too much sugar in my uh, banana. It's really, awful. you should have sat on it. Well, listen, we have. Yes, a lot of I things. apologize. UFC. Let's get back to UFC. Yeah, let's start with UFC. We've been talking about our diets like two. Well, fruits. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to uh, Alexa Grasso. Yes, today. and uh, OSP Owen St. Pru is calling in. OSP. You know him? I've, I've never talked to either one of them. Me neither. Me neither. I mean, Alexa only had one fight in the UFC, right. and uh, if she had any jitters, it didn't show. Because she took care of business with Heather Joe Clark. Yeah, she won a decision. And, but, but very handedly, and it didn't look like it was the first time in there. That was a unanimous decision, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was, really beat her pretty yeah, well. That was, that was a pretty one-sided fight. And that other girl's, you know, Heather's got some uh, experience. So that was impressive. But now she's going versus uh, Felice. Uh, how Felice Herrig. Felice Herrig, of course. Who's um, a guy, a gentleman I fought, uh, Jeff Curran. It's, her, it's his uh, student. <clears throat> And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's good. She, Felice is good, man. When she's on, she's on. And, she, you know, she's got a good stand-up with, with uh, I'm going to say, very good grappling. She's very good on the floor. And, but, you know, Heather wasn't able to get it to the floor with uh, Alexa. So I, th- I, I imagine Alexa's going to stand up. I'm yet to see her really on the floor. I want to see what she, if she's, I want to talk to her about, you know, what kind of ground training she has. Right, she right, right. Yeah, she, her stand-up was very solid. I mean, Solid and solid base and, and uh I want to know what kind of training she has um, with her jujitsu. What kind of what kind of background she has with that? Because you don't. Because you, know you like never know. Her. I mean, with this girl, she's got to be on point with that, you know. But uh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. That first fight was great. Yeah, she's know? nine and zero. She's undefeated, and uh, and Ovin Saint Pru has lost three out of four fights. So he's at a point where like he's not the guy you want to be, and, and he's got to take another fight. By the way, what was it? Two weeks notice now, or three weeks notice? Yeah, two weeks notice. I mean, I know fighters have to do that once in a while. But it's, you know, especially when you start getting up and you're, and you're planning oh, on fighting somebody, you know, another he, guy who's 200 pounds. That, that sucks to have to change the last minute and not be prepared. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me again what just happened. He did what? Who took what on short notice? OSP's fight. Uh, the guy he was supposed to fight. Who's he supposed to He was to supposed fight? to fight Jan Blakovich, okay. who had just... Oh, Blakovich! He was coming off the loss to Gustafsson, <laughs> but he's a tough... That was a tough fight. So. All right, wait, wait. So who's he fighting now? Now he's fight, uh, facing Volkan Yuzdemir. Yeah, Yuzdemir is a very He's tough. making his debut. First of all, oh, oh, it's his first fight. In the UFC, yeah, 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 but he's been around a while. What's his record? Do you know? O-E-Z, by the way. That's a tough Yuzdemir. How did you figure out how to say that? I, I, I went on YouTube, actually, and heard some of the commentators saying it. You're very... Uh, You're thorough. Chris is a good word. He's I was, very I thorough. I was going to use a derogatory term, but that's a... Very, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I was, yeah, you are very thorough. He's Thank thorough, Chris, the producer. He knows these names. I don't know. What nationality are you? Uh, I'm Irish, Italian, and Polish. Oh, okay. I, so yeah, you don't have any real foreign or like you, you know, you no. were born and raised here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you spoke only one language. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't break out any Polish jokes when he does something. No, I was not I was right. wondering not, if he had. It's not any, politically correct. Did anymore. he speak Polish with his parents? Did he speak Italian with his parents? Or yeah. By the way, speaking of um, now, now there's a concern. I think he'll make it. That um, Gaygard, uh, uh, Gaygard Musasi. I'm glad. Uh, remember, you couldn't get his name right that day. You kept calling him Gregory. No, uh, I was calling Jerry. him Jerry Gerard. I think Gerard Gary <laughs> Musasi. Wait, How was I calling him Gerard? That's a, that's a <laughs> <Let> hard. <me laughs> Volkan is twelve and one. By the way, 
12 and 1. Really? Yeah. So it's it's not a, a gimme oh. fight. It's Used a, a real fight. Used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure you know his name. You got, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I did too. I, I had to write it phonetically. U S E dash D E capital M E R E. Use Demir. Use Demir. Like, do I look ugly? Use Demir. Boo. <laughs> yes. Use Demir. <laughs> I like when I get the jokes right away. Oh, man. I fucking use really struck out on that. Use it wasn't a joke, though. I apologize. I had none of the makings of a joke, none of the humor value of a joke. It was just words falling out of the asshole in my face. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, I just, when I when I get it right away, I get excited like a moron. Now we're promoting. Uh, about, you're not a moron. You're a sweet boy, man. Thank you. On uh, uh, Bermudez versus the Korean Zombie, and we talked to Dennis Bermudez the other day, and that I is, thought, I thought uh, he was fun to talk to. He was great. I would like to have him in studio, yeah. and that is uh, what's that? What's that? That fight is huh? it's this coming Saturday, February fourth. Fox Sports okay, One, yeah, correct. It starts at. 10 p.m. Eastern? Yeah, the main card's at 10 p.m. I knew that. And, and the uh, and the uh, prelims are at 8 o'clock. Is that on Fox Sports 1? The or? Fox Sports 1 prelims are at 8 and then 6.30 for the... Um, or 7, excuse me, you for know, the Fight Pass prelims. You know what's great about that is that I know what I'm doing Saturday night. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. This is my job, Jimmy. I have to watch these fights. That is the great part of this podcast, besides yeah. doing it and getting to talk to everybody, is that I can actually tell a girl, look... I would love to go and meet your friends from work. I'm sure it's fun what you yeah. talk about. Yeah. I'd love to hear about what your boss said to you today for an hour and a half. Exactly. I'd love to hear about the one thing your boss said stretched into a 90-minute story yeah. while you and your friends talk about what you would have said if the boss said that. <laughs> but I can't because yeah. my job makes me watch UFC. I'd love to. No, nah, I love this. I'd love Listen, to meet your family. I don't want to say I love this job so much because, like, you know, I think we're doing well. And, I'm probably gonna and we have it. to make it look when, like when we it comes might hold next, out. Yeah, the next contract, maybe yeah, I'll get a We like it. We don't know how we feel. I'll, I'll get a big raise, maybe. I'm, I'm worried about getting fired. So you, you, all right, you, well, maybe I'm not. All right, listen, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not beating down the door for a race. I'm just saying. Like I'm telling my buddy Drago, like uh, this morning after we got done rolling, he's I'm like, yeah, I like to get there early, and uh, you know, I. Sip some coffee and I eat my nuts and I I, I watch some uh, I watch some tape of who's going to be on that day. I watch some on the iPad. I watch uh, like like today we came in we're eating we're, we're joshing yeah bullshitting a little bit watching Alexa kick some ass you know and now it's fresh in my head her fight and he's like yo you know Drago he's yeah. like yeah. He's like, that's all, man, bro. You a good job. You go here, you watch fights, and ah, something like that. What does he do? What does he do? <laughs> Drago, he works for my buddy Abe's Chimpany Company. Like he makes parts for like the chimneys and whatnot for lifetime, uh, lifetime pipes. I don't know, something like that. And, uh, lifetime chimney, yeah. And uh, I like his slogan, my buddy Abe. It's like uh, getting paid for laying good pipe. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Go do it. That's not really a sound like a family. That's a good. That's still good. It is yeah. good though. I mean, the guy's laying good pipe, but um, he does that. But then Drago's also he teaches at my place, teaches at Longo's place, teaches the kids program. He teaches the. Uh, he does a ton of private lessons. I mean, the guy's doing well. I mean, he's out there. You know, so he's very busy. He's very busy, and I'm going to have his is ass he a black in studio. Belt? Oh, hundred percent. He's attacking me today. Really? And it's messed up because he's like his neck stiff. So it's like I can roll my neck stiff, but then like it's hard to roll with him because he's like a fucking pit bull. And I, you know, it's, you can't push his head. So, he's, oh. I, so he's, oh, well, I don't want to, but then it gets to a time when he's about to fucking take my elbow off. I'm like, dude, I got to get out. I feel fucking pushing right on his big jaw. I mean, that guy's a fucking, because, you know, Drago's tough, man. Drago's so fucking tough. But yeah, he had, is, uh, right? Oh, yeah. I rolled with him and uh, 
my buddy Bam Bam. Everybody's got a fucking nickname. My, my two other black belts, Bam Bam, my other guy, Pool Guy. Yeah. The guy I used to work for pools. It's funny how you, Bam Bam was a kid that came to me at 14, but he was a big kid. So it's almost like the Flintstones, Bam Bam. Yeah. Bam. So I don't know. I know what my nickname would be. Fucking what? Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, Pants Shitter Tap Boy. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm just talking about my day and the guys love it. Like, man, that's a fucking good day. And I'm like, you know what? It's right. Yeah, you forget, like, until you talk to somebody who's doing a, a quote-unquote real job, Yeah, you forget, like, this is fun. I literally, we get to talk to, we got two two people fighting this weekend. Yes. Uh, OSP and, and Alexa Gross are just calling in, and, and I get paid, and you get paid to chat with them about the fights that we're going to watch anyway. Even if I didn't I do this for a living, I would talk, to, I would watch the fight. And by the way, we talked to we talk about Musasi for a second. Yeah. Because he's fighting uh, April 8th uh, in versus, Brooklyn. Versus who? Against our pal, your good friend, yeah. my cash. Oh, sorry, Buffalo, my fault, at UFC 210. And, and I remember you saying about April that. April 8th. And I remember you talking, um, like, just the other day, and I don't think I chimed in. Like, I remember you were saying something where, man, that's a tough guy for him to fight coming off two losses. But the way we look at it, He's got to face Weidman. Absolutely. That's how we always look at it. Yeah. Like, all right, no, this is a tough guy, but guess what? He's got to fight fucking Weidman. I mean, you got to be that guy across the cage from you. See, I look at you it know? differently because because I, I know Chris casually and I like him a lot. I look at it from the point of view of like, oh, fuck, a guy I like yeah. has to fight. I don't know that well. No, I understand. Yeah, You yeah. know, like, I don't know. Musasi to me is scary because I don't know him. And I know Weidman's a good guy. I mean, Musasi is just this... This person who fights. So yeah. I, I only know him as a, as a detached fighter. Yeah, he was sparring the other day. Uh, well, I mean, Longo's telling me with uh, Volante because Volante's got Shogun coming up on that uh, Buffalo card. Oh, is he on that yeah, card? Yeah, Volante. Yep, the heartthrob. Did I meet him at your house? He was, no, no. Volante was, was you weren't, was he here when, Jim, when Gian was here? I was not. No. No. Did Gian just come in one time? Yeah, he was. I think he was in with what? Henzo again. Yeah, one of the times. I think he was in either once or twice. When I was just gone once. and you were all once. happy. Oh, uh, you gotta! I gotta have these guys in when Jimmy's in. I would love to. But we did that with Aljo. You were here once with. I Aljo. like Aljo. I've hung out with Dean Thomas. Aljo's I love, by the fish. way, Chuck Zito. I don't know if he listens yeah. to this show. <laughs> Chuck is a Zito guy. knows a lot about the old UFC, like no, the, the, the old. You know, people thing. Were chiming he, in he about loves that. it. That's. I think that's when I was still on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, people were chiming in about. They were they were amazed about uh, his knowledge. He's a legit. But well, I've seen a him fan. in a bunch of fights. And, uh, you know, Chuck, I had the misfortune of sitting next to him once because yeah. he can't help it. He's a big, he's a big legged man. Yeah. Zito is a solid kick your ribs through your back legged man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he sits there, he's got a giant fucking, he's a, he's a big presence. He's tan. He's got big head. Chuck's a big presence. And he's sitting there and he's not being rude, but his legs are just open. Like he just yeah. takes up space. And what you do when you're me, uh, my nickname is the Beta Kid. I fucking <laughs> Beta Kid. I, I fucking I literally curl up like I'm like I'm fucking yeah. like a fetus, trying not to bother Mr. Zito as he's halfway in my seat. Uh, he's, he's just a big guy, but he really really he's a teddy bear type of guy though. He, you but know? He, yeah, he wasn't mean. He was just I sitting mean, there. He's a big dude, but he loves the fights. So you sit there. He he knows everything about the fights. He knows I all could the fighters. talk to him about and, he, and he's and again, man, some of these old fights I remember more than the ones that just happened yeah. because they stay with you. And I mean, I we we were talking about fights that were. I don't know, 12 years old, 15 yeah. years old, whatever it was. So, I mean, that's fun. It's always fun to reminisce. Like I said, man, this is all I watch. This is all I do, man. I mean, even in, compared to jiu-jitsu tournaments, and I own jiu-jitsu schools, I just love... I just love the mixed martial arts, man. I do. And I'm very I'm very lucky. Yeah, They're I don't understand people lucky. who don't like it. 
Man, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's like, what don't you like about it? But people sometimes just don't like violence, and it's a violent sport, but... God, is it entertaining. By the way, we did pretty well <laughs> with, with Dana. I'm really happy he gave us that Ronda news because uh, that made Yahoo, that made Fox. We did really good with that one. That was nice. And what happened? You said, you, you listen, I'm off Twitter. I haven't been on there in a while. But you told me that people are like, oh, yeah. what, you don't ask about Connor? We didn't. I, honestly, <laughs> right? we probably should have. But yeah. we're just so, it's like we, Matt and I have talked about it so much on the show. No. And uh, we don't know if there's any news. And, and, and so apologies if you think we should have. No, just, but, what, but, but, but so my point is, what's the, wait, what's the talk about, though, that he did a special? Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I didn't care that's, about Well, that's my point. Like, it's, I don't know. Do we have to do this to try to please everybody? Yeah, <laughs> no, just, but that's why I know we, we make, I know we make it our own personal little uh, bullshit hour. Like, we get the, I like to just have a conversation, man. Like, I I don't think that's a, a huge, oh, this guy's a we, No, he's doing it. He's, he's got to do that. Okay, all right. He's Chris right, right now. He, I get ready to attack him sometimes. I know you should. You're, you're he told up, me before. You're sticking up for I him. have to today because he did tell me before. Look, he was, look, I'm look, look, look at him peeking at us. Are you, are you talking right. to the operator? Yeah. All right. I is the operator I can't on right stay, now? I can't stay mad at him anyway. No, he's, a good, he's a good guy, Christopher. But, uh, but you know, yeah, they uh, we I, we honestly were just a little con. It's not that we don't like Connor, but it's just a little Connored out. We've talked about him so much. Well, I just don't know what the hell. Is. It's not uh, like he has a fight coming up. I mean, what are we supposed to say? Do you think the fight with Floyd will happen? I don't do it. I don't really give a fuck right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I if I'd you tell me the it. guy, well, I'll watch anything with the guy. I think the guy's entertaining as hell. But uh, and I'd pay for it. I don't know. I mean, we did talk, we did ask him about Ronda. We asked him about uh, Tito's last fight. Yeah, Tito him. and Chael. I don't know. I know what I, I think. I felt though. bad for Chael. I like Chael Sonnen so much. I felt bad for him. Yeah, no, don't real... feel bad. The guy got paid, and he's going to use no, his, no, but he's I like use him. his mouth to get into a fight with. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be fighting uh, the other guy, the, the oh. Anderson's, uh Vandalay Silva. They have history, so that guy's going to. Oh, have so more. he's still going to fight you? I 100 percent believe. I, hope so. I, I, I think Chael's got more fights in him, and he's in again, a, dude. The guy went out of there unscathed. Have I you mean, done his podcast? He's a good podcast host. He hosts his own done podcast. His, I done Very his good podcast, but I do. Uh, I do know him, and I've done. I, I've. He's always been nothing but a, a gentleman to me. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I've been to his house. I, I when I was doing, I did a show very briefly. I'm sure you could find it on um, UFC Fight Pass. It was called uh, Fight Camp Fight Camp Insider, and it was with um, it, I, I did a, a few of them. I did one with uh, Chael Sonnen. I did one with Forrest Griffin, and it would be it would be me going up when they were getting ready for a fight and talk about the preparation and kind of spend the day with them, just chilling out. It was fun. I don't know why that thing got canned. <laughs> He's a really. A, I don't looking for a fight's more, more fun, but it was definitely not a bad thing. But. Uh, I spent time with Chell and that, and that's when I got to know him. And I think he's a, he's a solid. Dude. Yeah, and, and he doesn't like when you hear him talk like promoting a fight. You're like he doesn't seem like he'd be the nicest guy. Yeah. And then you get to, I had dinner with him and his wife. They came to a show. I did. Yeah. I forget where they live. Might have been Phoenix. Wherever they live, I don't even remember. Oregon. Probably. Oh, or yeah, Portland. Oregon and, or Oregon. Uh, um, tomato, tomato. Oh, oh let's <laughs> call the whole thing off. And uh, him and, and his right. wife Brittany. Breaking into fucking show teams. His wife is in the is in the top five most attractive people I've ever seen in my life. Very pretty. Woman. A knockout. Very and really, they're really nice people. We went out, and he's just a much nicer guy than you think. Like yeah. he's, he seems like he, oh man, he's not going to be a very friendly dude. We hear him very nice fight. guy, man. He does like the uh, he does like the pro wrestling stick. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, man. A good podcast podcast host. We should have Bruce Buffer on this show. Has he been on? I was just hanging out with Bruce when I was in. Uh, me and Longo. Oh, ah, who are you? Ah, who are you talking to? Ah, get off the phone! Ah, I'm Chris. Chris is getting all red in the face. Chris is on the phone. Hey, we got okay, all right, we got Alexa. With uh, I just like yelling at Chris. <laughs> Me too. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Alexa? Yes. Hi, Alexa. It's Jim and Matt on UFC Unfiltered. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm fine. You? Very good. Are we not waking you up? Are we? 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm already up. Oh, you were doing radio? No, I'm already up. Oh, sorry. You're already up. <laughs> what did you do this morning so far? What do you, what, what, what's a typical day for you? Uh, today I woke up um, and I went to work <laughs> to a park near from here. Oh, okay. So you're, what are you, 23 years old? Yes. And uh, this is your 10th fight. You're undefeated. What did you do right before you fought, or did you always want to be a fighter? Uh, well, I was, um, I always did sports, you know, I was like, um, swimming and volleyball, basketball, and I, I tried many kind of, of sports and also went to school, uh, and that was my life, normal life, <laughs> and then I, I went with my coach, who is my uncle too, uh, he was a fighter, he, he teached in some gyms, and I, Asking him if I could try a class of mixed martial arts, and and I tried it, and I like, like I felt in love with the sport, and then we opened a gym, and then I used to help in the gym. Did you fight? Did you fight outside of the gym at all? Like when you were going to look, what, what, like I don't know what Guadalajara is like. Uh, did you fight a lot as a kid, or did you have older brothers that you fought with? No, I never. I'm very. <laughs> I'm very, um, I'm, no, I never fight, you know, I, I'm just. She's a good girl. Yeah, well, you yes. never know. <laughs> Some good girls fight, no, I know. Of course. Alexa, I see you hold a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, correct? Yes. Okay, now your last fight, we just watched it, and it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, if, a lot of people get jitters, they get nervous their first time in the UFC, and for a young fighter with, with not a ton of fights, you looked very, very calm in there. Like you belonged in there. Uh, how did you feel with your first time fighting in there? In the well, UFC? I really was nervous. You were nervous? <laughs> yes, of course. Imagine it was my debut. It was in my country. And my, everybody was watching me. Everybody was um, shouting my name. And, you know, I just wanted to do perfect. I didn't want to mess it up in any any. <laughs> Any area, so but I, you know, I, I train it very hard, and I just remember in the fight that that was something that I wanted, and I was there for some reason. Now I noticed you kept the fight standing, and you did listen. You did amazing. I mean, you, I mean, and you know, Heather Joe Clark's a tough, tough girl uh, with some experience, but and with a good grappling background. Now you're fighting Felice Herrig, who's also very crafty on the floor. I don't want to get into game plan. Um, but are you looking to do a similar a similar strategy? I mean, are you looking to just stay up there? Do you think you feel comfortable on the floor with Felice? Well, I feel more comfortable stand up, but I know she's an amazing grappler. So I I've been training very hard in my jiu-jitsu. So if the fight comes to the floor, I'm, I'm I feel comfortable to you know I'm ready for that. Oh, very nice. Okay, and uh, she I think you are you're you're ranked twelfth. Yeah, are you surprised that you're fighting somebody who's unranked, um, or, or or do you think since it's your uh, only your second fight in the UFC, or not that she's an easy fight because she's not an easy fight. No, she's not an easy fight. Not at all. I mean, there are no. no, there's no real easy ones. Um, no, I I just want to fight, you know, and I know she's a veteran. She's a really good fighter. She has a name. Everybody knows her, so I think it's a great opportunity for me. She has a lot of fans and. Well, it's it's known in in, in the MMA world, so I think it's a great fight for me. I, I I don't care if if she's not ranked or if I fight with someone very ranked. You know, I just want to fight and and improve my skills and and 
be better as an athlete every time I step in the cage. Well, and you started off your career with uh, with three straight finishes. I mean, two knockouts and, and a TKO, and, uh, and and four finishes in your first six fights. Now you've gotten the distance in in three straight. So, is there a temptation in your mind, like you want to try to finish it just so you don't have to, or, or are you just have you gotten more and more comfortable going that distance? Um, no, I you know anything can happen if I sometimes you can finish uh, soon, but if you are just trying to look for a finish uh, very early, it doesn't happen, and you can have a risk. But I I just I just feel the the flow, you know, in the fight. I just enjoy to be there. And if you win this fight, let's just say that you happen to win this fight and you go to 10-0. and 0. Now, I know you're not looking past your opponent. Obviously, you can't. Uh, but you, it's an extremely, the strawweight division is extremely tough. Obviously, you know, Joanna is the one everybody wants to fight eventually. Mm-hmm. But uh, who would you have your eyes set on if you do win this fight and you had a choice? Uh, who would you want to look to next? Well, I, I, you know, every girl in the top 10 is awesome. So anyone in the top 10. Oh, you don't care who it is? No, I just, like I told you, I just want to fight and I just want to be better and have experience. Now, the UFC, how did you wind up in the UFC? I mean, you, you fought in Invicta first. and What was the process to get, actually get into the UFC? Uh, well, when I had my third fight in Invicta the, with Mizuki, um, I guess Dana White was there and he liked my, my fight. And since that day, I was like, oh, maybe I, I can fight in the UFC because... He made uh, really nice comments about my fight. And then I had my fight with Jody. And I had the opportunity to, to fight in the UFC. So when you fought in Mexico, did a lot of your family ask for tickets? Like, I always hate if I do something and I'm in a town where I have a lot of family. It's like, ugh, they're all going to want to come. They're all, like, do people come backstage and talk to you before you fight? Or do they know to leave you alone? Uh, no, they, well, all my family knows that I'm very disciplined and... Um, uh, my dad had all that, you know, I, I just was caring about fighting and all my family just talked to my dad and they resolved all that things. Okay. What does your dad do? Uh, my dad is my manager. Oh, he is. Okay. So you have your uncle as your training, your father's your manager. So you have yes. pretty close. That's nice. At least the people you can trust. Yeah. She keeps it in the family. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's everything is here in the family, and it's also you know I can imagine doing this with some other people. I I just love to be here in my in my family. Now let me ask you: you're part of the uh, the new generation of young fighters that are making a wave in the UFC now. Do you have uh, do you have any relationship? Do you know um, Yair Rodriguez at all? Uh, yes, I know him, but I I don't train with him. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you guys were near each other or anything. I don't know. Because he's, he's a young dude, too. He's What is he, 23? Uh, yes, I guess he's 24, I think. Yeah, right. I don't know, right? It's a fair question to see if they know each other, right? Well, yeah. Young Both young Mexican yeah. fighters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so when you're, when you're fighting, what do you like on fight day? Like, are, are you loose and relaxed? Are you extremely tense? Are you comfortable talking to people? Do you not want to be spoken to at all? Uh, I just prefer to be alone in my room, you know, watching movies or watching videos and singing. And I I wake up early to have my braids in my hair. Uh, I eat my breakfast really slow. I, you know, I enjoy that, that day. I think it's a very important day, so you have to be very focused on doing things that makes you happy and, and being relaxed. That's the most important thing, being relaxed. And, and you, wait, you watch videos. You, I have to ask you, what do you sing? 
No. Go ahead. This is your time. Oh, no, just t- just tell me the name of the song. You don't have to sing it, but what's the like? What is it? Well, a- I like uh, some like Taylor Swift, you know, like Shake It Off and. Oh come uh, on! You're because you're I think mean. That's a, that's a perfect song for me when I when I'm gonna find it. <laughs> Shake It Off. All right, which 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 Taylor Swift song? Do you like the song Mean? Do you know that song? Uh, I like the rhythm, and I like uh, yeah the kind of the words that it says. <laughs> well, how does how does that one go that you like? Go ahead, just just one verse. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, Alexa. No, I just like the, I just like to be dancing and jumping here. You know, I, I can watch the video like she's dancing, and I do it too. <laughs> oh my God, you're actually that's so funny. That's what you do on. Everyone has a different ritual, yeah. and you sing and dance like Taylor Swift in yeah, your room. Yeah. That's the craziest thing I've heard. Yeah. I used to do that when I fought. I sort of why, but I'm yeah. a grown man. I'm supposed to do it. You know, I'm not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do that? Does that make you feel kind of loose and relaxed yes, and take your mind off it and of you're moving course. a little I bit? Just, yes, I just want to be happy and relaxing and, and that, that helps a lot for me. It does help a lot. It helps you not focus on the fight. Yes, because that will be um, after when the, when the bosses came for us. I, after that time, I just want to be focused. You know, after that, I'm just um, really... Thinking about my fight, thinking about my training, thinking about everything I did in my camp, and and that's the moment when I have to be really focused. But before that, I just want to be relaxing myself. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's good, I guess, to do something loose that takes your mind off it. That's a little bit physical. Um, and when, when you when you're walking out, when you're standing in the ring, obviously you have jitters. How long for you does it take to go away? Is it through the first round? Is it the minute you touch the other fighter? What is it for you? Never you relax. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, you got a good poker face, uh, Alexa, because you look comfortable in there. Yeah, you did look very comfortable. You didn't look nervous. Um, well, that's, that's, imagine you're in a cage with someone that's <laughs> been training eight weeks to to punch your face, to yeah. break your arms, and you're never comfortable, never. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. There's never a moment where you feel good. Well, look, obviously you're a very exciting uh, fighter. The UFC likes you a lot. You're the co-main event. Um, and that is in Buffalo or Houston. That is in Houston. <laughs> I have so many fights that were promoted. Right. <laughs> uh, and the main event is, of course, uh, Dennis Bermudez and the Korean Zombie. And that is this Saturday on Fox Sports 1. Congratulations on getting the co-main. Uh, and, and good luck to you. Number 9 uh, nine and 0, number 12 in the strawweight division. And uh, obviously a tremendous singer. So there's a whole lot of great things about it. <laughs> 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 but it was it was really fun talking to you, and I, I do enjoy watching you fight. And uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I hope you like my fight. And I'm be ready again to fight soon. <laughs> we know you will be. We we know you're going to be ready. And you're going to give a great fight. Thank you, Alexis, so much. Thank you. Good All luck. Right, take Alexa. care. Bye. 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 All right. Yeah, she's very lovely. That was fun. Yeah, right. she's lovely. And I'll tell you for saying how how nervous she was she really didn't look it she looked right at home that means she's training properly you fight the way you train when 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 uh when, when you know you, i mean she could be on automatic pilot in there and do well it looks like she's training the right way she's very calm she has a family around her for a young fighter i mean you know that's something you're seeing like they're very um mature and professional like you see these fighters uh you know alexa and also also like we were just talking about yair right. rodriguez very, very professional. You know, well, very mature wa- for their age. Well, I was wondering too when you walk in, like if you walk on stage, and I'm going to go up there and do my stupid jokes. Sometimes you're nervous, and what will happen is a lot of times the laugh, the first couple laughs, yeah. there's a moment where you click. 
Now I know that's different yeah. than getting punched, but then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in in some control here, or, or I'm okay. At least I know I I, I yeah. have the feel. Okay, now I I know where I am and what I'm doing, and I'm in it. Yeah. So I'm wondering when you fight, does is that moment come when like with the first punch where you're just focused on the fight and it becomes like. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to experience. I mean, I remember my first fight in there, man. I had such tunnel vision. It was unreal. You did. Right? Oh, 100%. Because I didn't have that much experience before I got in the UFC. I fought locally when it wasn't even legal. And I kind of like got on like kickboxing cards. They call it exhibition ma- like matches, but it was MMA. Scary when it's not legal though, because if something happens to you, you have no you have no hospitalization. Yeah, no, I was listen. No insurance, <laughs> right? But I mean, no, no, I guess not. But, you know... I, I I wanted to get some experience. It was pro- it was more a lot more shows back in the day on the um on the West Coast and even in the Midwest. I mean New York didn't you know wasn't legal didn't have anything. But uh, so when I first went in there, you know I had guys I I had like seven or eight fights and I just took everybody down and I smoked them. Some guys were tough, but they just didn't have the floor. I mean one one guy was um you could see it. I was on um I think ESPN Classics. It was. I saw it on YouTube. It's on YouTube, but it's uh, I fought this guy Kamzat, some Russian Sambo army guy, and he was pretty tough. He kind of wizarded me down, but I went right into a, a, a triangle arm lock and reversed them, and I got his back and strangled him. But he was a strong dude. But the, he, but besides him, I didn't have any quality guys. So when I had my first fight in there, I fought a guy who had like a hundred fights. I fought Shoni Carter, who was wasn't the best fighter, but very well rounded, and he had what I didn't have, and that's experience. Right. And that's why I got backfisted. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah and you said people gave you hard Oh, shit I got some shit. Thank God there was no Twitter back then. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have looked at it anyway. My life's so much better off that fucking thing. Do you know I was talking so to much better. another friend of mine about Twitter who's you, off it. And you he, told me. And he was saying it's so much happier when you're not on Dude, it. Dude, look at me. I'm smiling now. He's smiling. Everybody, I'm smiling. He's smiling. But I am. No, why? Because I don't really see any bullshit anymore. You don't get it as much on Instagram. It's more you don't get it as much on Instagram or Facebook. Um, yeah. I don't mind. Well, some... Facebook's my friends. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, like, and I don't mind a little bit. Like, but again, I, I guess the point is, I get enough checks and balances going on stage. Even like, yeah. you know, if something's not funny, they la- they don't laugh. Yeah, you know, but I, it's I know. not about thick skin. It's almost like it's a it's a, it's a way to get people that are very cowardly to just take shots at you. But I get a lot. What I don't like is. When I was on Twitter, I'd have a lot of people giving me and even messaging me and saying nice things. And, and I try to get, but you know, even that, I'm like, I feel bad if I didn't get back to everybody. So now that I'm not seeing it, I don't really feel bad. Just anybody that's listening knows that I'm not on it. So, so do you think that uh, Musasi is going to get in the country? We, we were talking about that before. Uh, uh, he was born in Iran. He has a Dutch nationality. And he has a visa for U.S. rule is even if you're born in Iran, you're a threat. So that's what he was saying. So I, mean, I, I don't know if Musasi is scared he won't get in. Or if he is just using this to make a sarcastic statement about how he feels about the travel ban. So I, I don't know if he's actually worried. There is some concern about people with dual citizenship. That's the thing. Like, So if he is Dutch, but he also has a rainy, you know, it, it is a possibility you might not be able to get in. But the UFC, you know, said that they're working on it. Yeah, I'm situation. sure. Yeah, I would I'm hope sure. that they're not stupid enough to think that Gegard Mousasi is a threat besides, to anyone besides other than who Trump's, he's a, right. Trump's a UFC fan anyway. No. Oh, that's a good point. You know what? <laughs> that's a fucking funny worst point. Worst comes the worst day, and I get on the horn with him. Yeah, call, excuse me, call Mr. President. president. Gay can't get in. <laughs> That'll really piss Meryl Streep off if he's like, I'll make an exception for Gay Guard Musasi. <laughs> yeah, but it's an understandable exception. Yeah. Uh, when is he fighting Musasi? He's fighting. Uh, that's. Uh, oh, for the Wyburn fight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was that's April 8th. Okay, so there's plenty of time. Got time to get that stuff on there. Now, Dominic Cruz did uh, respond to uh, Hafi Al Sunsau's call out. 
I heard about this. He says, not a question of if I'll fight him. I had the, I fight the best in the world. I'm ready to fight for the belt. That's what I'm in line for. That's who I'm here to fight the best. That would be the next guy who thinks they're the champion and I can take the belt from him. That's not a Sun Tzu, and I'm not the guy from him. for him. I'm fighting for the title when I come back, and that's the end of it. So he's basically saying, no. Well, he's saying, well, you're I'm not, not yeah. fighting you. You don't have a belt. I don't want to fight for anything but a belt. Well, Dominic's been a champion for so long, yeah. and he's been unbeaten. I mean, he lost one fight in how long? Years. You know what I mean? One fight, wait, he lost... This is only his second loss ever, right? Yeah, yeah. first one so, I was mean, to give that, Uriah. I, mean, guy, I think right. that guy could do what he likes, man. I mean, or he should be able anyway. He and he lost a decision. I mean, and he lost a decision, and he's in there with a tall, young tall, fighter. Young, young fighter. And uh, and he was still in the fight. He might not have won the fight, but he was still in there from beginning to end. And he proved and, how tough he was because he nah. kept getting up when he was knocked down. And he's how, very could you, tough. how could you not respect that guy? Yeah. You know, there's the difference between... And I like him, first of all, but there's a difference between liking somebody and respecting him. Some people are blunt. Some people, there's, there's people that a lot of people might not like, but they have to respect. Sure. Michael's, Michael Bisping, Conor McGregor. Um, uh, who are we talking about right now? Who are we just talking about? Cruz. <laughs> Cruz. See how you bring me, I need him for this. For that alone, <laughs> I need Chris the producer just to bring me back. You know, it's almost like my wife who knows when I'm like, I go off somewhere and she brings yeah. me right back. I lost you. No, I'm right here with you, buddy. Okay, good. 100%. Um, but these are guys that are very blunt, and they're guys that are not afraid to say their opinion, and people either love them or hate them, but you got to respect them. Yeah. You got to respect every one of them. And there's another fight happening in Brooklyn. Talk um, to me. Which is pretty good. Ian McCall, he's the uh, the number eight flyweight, and he hasn't fought since 2015 early. That's what I was going to say. Right? I was going to say, I feel like I haven't seen this guy fight forever. He's had four straight fights scrapped. Um, oh, man. It was supposed to... He only had... One because of himself. Uh, Neil Siri had to uh, withdrew this week because his mother in law passed away, and uh, he's got uh, Jared Brooks, who's twelve and zero. So <laughs> it's obviously a very tough fight that he picks up. Yeah, uh, who's making his UFC debut? So uh, they have great nicknames. And uh, this may Uncle Creepy versus the Monkey God. That makes me really happy, and that's going to be in Brooklyn. The on, Monkey uh, God, yeah, Uncle Creepy. Who doesn't like Uncle Creepy? Uncle Creepy. What a really... great name that is. And uh, <laughs> Dana did say, by the way, too, that he offered Nick Diaz a fight with Damian Maya, but he has not heard back from the Diaz camp. So I don't know what that's about. I guess only they know what that's about. Yeah, <laughs> Damian Maya has nobody scheduled, right? Nope. Damian, I going. think Damian, isn't Damian Maya sitting tight for. He, I mean, I think that's unless what he's his thinking plan that's, is. Yeah. yeah, unless he's thinking that's a big money fight. Oh right. man, and OSP, he's got his back against the wall, man. He's coming off two two losses, and I think he was doing decent with uh, Jimmy Manawal, but that guy was on fire that last fight. When was that? When when OSP fought him? I'm looking right now. Um, I can. I think it might have been in November. It feels like it was a while ago. No, no, it was pretty recently. I think. What the hell am I talking about? I do <laughs> not. No, remember. it was in October. October. All right. Where, where, where are we now? February. Yeah. All right. You know, Matt, the important thing... Let's, is what now? I mean, look, you and I were talking before. Talk to me now. I said, Matt, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? And? I don't have anything to do. I was going to hang out with him and his wife. The three of us go to dinner. I'm lonely. I have no friends. Right. And, uh, you're always invited. And Matt said, look, dude, this Valentine's Day, give a gift that your girl can unwrap again and again. I hmm. said, Matt, I don't have a girl. He said, well, if you get one. Yes. He said, matching underwear from MeUndies. I'm like, all right, buddy, if you say so. Nice. Valentine's Day is near. Honestly... It's go time for thoughtful gift hunting. MeUndies has you covered 
with limited edition matching pairs of undies for you and yours. Has Valentine's Day got you stumped? Forget the stupid cliches. Little necklace. Give a gift that looks great, feels great. Limited edition matching pairs of underwear. Mm. It's fun mm-hmm. for you and for her. Or you and him, whoever you are. Fancy dinners and chocolate last tonight. Flowers last a week. This year, give a gift. Looking great, feeling great every day. It's going to last you for the rest of the year until you stain them. Heads up. February 14th is Valentine's Day. Do not panic. Get your heart on and show some love with the undies, matching undies. People think I'm just towing the company line. Up here we no, go. No, I'm not. He's Let's be real honest. Pants Matt, down. Huh? Am I? He's Chris. You look. Oh, I'm wow. looking at the uh, the thing. Oh nice. well, come on. I am wearing a pair of underpants that have little kissy prints on them. What? Little I... kissy prints are the perfect gift for you and your Valentine. I They're unbelievably. If... Feel them, Matt. Feel them. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Yes, yeah, see, they I'm not, not doing the, it. feel the side, not the uh, front. I didn't know what that was. Meundies knows. That you're special, someone deserves a special fabric. That's why their underwear is made exclusively out of Modal. Nice. Three times softer than cotton. And I'm telling you, your package looks great. So if you're a guy or if you're a girl that I would date, feel free to get one because your package looks lovely. MeUndies has a special limited edition Valentine's undies, which means you and your Valentine can match. And yeah, it is as cute as it sounds. And if for some reason you and MeUndies aren't the perfect match, they're going to give you back your money and let you keep the first pair. No refund uh, on a bad fancy dinner. No refund on chocolates. But you do get a refund on these if you don't like it. But how can you not like them? I own a shitload of these and I love every pair. I really mean that. Me too. And I don't even wear underwear. I wear MeUndies. Yes. I don't wear underwear. You don't wear other underwear. Well, I, I, listen, these might be underwear, but I just call them me undies. I, even my wife, she doesn't go, oh, you're, you're, I watched your stuff, and I and your underwear is here. She knows I don't wear underwear. She goes, all right, I watched your stuff, and there's your me undies. Okay, that's my story. Sometimes, else yeah, sometimes a girl will wash my undies, and she'll be like, there's poo-poo stains on the front. I'll be like, now you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they do offer free shipping, uh, and listeners to this program off your first order, but you got to go to MeUndies.com slash UFC. With MeUndies Better Day Guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Do not wait any longer. MeUndies.com slash UFC. Right now for 20% off your first order. I really mean it. I love these. They're my favorite underwear product. Uh, Modal is no bullshit. It's soft. It really does feel three times softer than stupid cotton. Three times? I would have said four, but the copy says three, All so right. I go with I what the company says. Three of, I would have guessed four. You know, at least four. four. Yeah. And uh, we're going to call Ovin St. Pru. We have him on the uh, I'm going to ask program. him. The first thing I'm going to ask him if he's worried about that neck pinch this guy does. What's the neck pinch? Well, this guy's a Vulcan, right? Yeah! Oh, nerd joke! <laughs> <laughs> no! No! Star Trek! Arr! Vulcan! No, I love it. Uh, do you I, get it? I do, and I uh, love it. It's fucking horrible. What's this guy's name? He's fighting. Um, hold on a second. I have it written <laughs> down. It's a uh, Vulcan. Oh, Uganera. he does the neck pinch. <laughs> does he do the neck pinch? I hope so. He's fighting. A, he's fighting a Vulcan. Yeah, and I heard the guy's very. He has no emotions. 
Why? Because he's a fucking vulture. Oh, oh these jokes lame. They're not so, lame. They're so it's you know what it is. It's almost like a guy that took a karate class going to me, going, "Hey man, I did this today," and I'm just like, "Oh, that's great." When I do a joke and I do more than one, I'm trying to beat it to the ground. Jimmy's giving me like the courtesy. Oh, I, I get don't it. mind. Oh yes. Yeah, Who are you talking to? Who's on the phone? Who are you talking to? Oh, man. Chris is calling the hotel. Who are you? Calling? Uh, there's nothing better than yelling when someone your friends on the phone is yeah. gonna call from his wife. Just start yelling cock. <sighs> I was so proud of my joke. It was good. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interest in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. That's Q-U-I-C-K-E-N loans.com slash unfiltered. An equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org number 3030. Stomach, I have. I hate myself. I, I'm like that. <laughs> I was like that right after I finished my hot pocket yesterday. How was it? Oh, and I hot had I had one hot pocket. I didn't want to be a pig and have two of each. Of course not. So I had one what hot flavor? pocket and I had one Stofus pizza, not the two. What Stofus flavor pizza. hot pocket? It Hammer. was uh, it was like oh, just nothing but cheese in there, like a three cheese fucking party, uh. and uh, and then uh, no, wait, yesterday I had the meatball one actually, <laughs> little meatballs in there, and then I had a Stofus pizza, good, and then it was leftover in Yoki. Oh no, it was like a scene at a grandma's boy. You ever see Grandma's Boy with our buddy? Nick, I did, uh, yeah. Schwartzen? Who are you talking to? Get off the phone. I, I Who are you lo- talking I to? I love that movie. I love Grandma's Boy. I don't hey, we were supposed to talk about true romance today. Well, Chris is too busy messing around. Chris, can you make a call Matt. when we're not here? We're running the show. I know. Who are you talking to? It's the official UFC podcast. Who are you talking to, Chris? You know? He's fucking around with his friends. Hi, is this uh, Ovens? It is. Hi, buddy. It's uh, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah on uh, Unfiltered. How are you? I'm doing good. Okay, cool. So I take it you're in uh, Houston right now? Exactly. Okay, and uh, and you grew up in uh, in Tennessee. What kind of a place did you grow up in? I actually grew up in Florida. I went to school in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Where in Florida? Immokalee, Florida, which is down there by Naples and Fort Myers. Okay. Uh, what kind of uh, what town did you grow up in? Was it quiet, loud, good, bad? Um, it was quiet. It was a small farm town. Um, very, very quiet. A lot of migrant workers that uh, lived there. Did you see yourself fighting when you were a kid getting older, or, or was this something that you never occurred to you that you'd be doing someday? Um, no, never. Never seen myself fighting until I actually got involved in mixed martial arts. What did you see yourself doing when you were young? Um, same thing everybody in South Florida think about going to the league and play football. Oh, did you ever play? Uh, yeah, played football at University of Tennessee. And uh, how far did you get? Um, didn't make it to the pros, went to the tryouts, and uh, didn't get picked anything. Oh, okay. Who'd you try out for? I remember trying out for uh, Buffalo and uh, St. Louis. So you have to fly. Do you fl- now, does that work where do they come down and watch you, or do you fly yourself to Buffalo and to St. Louis? No, they, uh, they, they were at UT watching me. Okay, and uh, I, I don't know anything about your football career. What position did you play? Linebacker DN. 
Now, did you know you weren't doing well or, or not as well as you needed to do during the tryout, or how does that work? Nah, it's just like a kind of like a shot in the wind. I didn't get a lot of playing time like I wanted to when I first got there, so it's almost like a shot in the wind. It's just like I'm just going to go ahead and do it. If I can make somebody practice squad and work my way up from there, you know, that would be good. But, you know, if I don't make it, I won't. I wasn't going to be mad about it. So it was just kind of like a shot in the wind. It's just like let me just go ahead and try to try out and see what happens from there. Oh, okay. And I know you graduated with a sociology degree. What What is a sociology Because you're, you're talking right now to a high school dropout, so I don't know what a sociology <laughs> degree would be good. Like, what is, the, when you when you take sociology, you're like, okay, like, what is what is kind of like the, the next, the logical job step with sociology? Well, me personally, um, it was, my degree was sociology with a concentration in criminal justice and uh, had a minor in political science. Um, but my... My thing is I always wanted to go into law enforcement, something that I've been thinking about since a kid and stuff. So, you know, that's that's what I that's why I pursued a sociology degree. So, you know, it just emphasized more in uh, criminal criminal justice. Oh, cop. Oh, sorry, Matt. Cop, no. cop, DEA, FBI. What? What? Uh, what, what Eventually, what? something like that. I was just just basically within that within that realm, just like, you know, and I know in order to end up applying for you know, like a DEA spot or FBI, anything like that, there's a lot of tests and of stuff that you got to go through and stuff is, and they say it takes a long time, but I usually, um, um, when you do that, you know, it, it works out for the best, but it, it you know, life changes, uh, things happen for a reason. So, you know, mixed martial arts came about and, you know, capitalize on that. Sure. Well, you're doing well and you're doing well in the big show, but let me ask you, I, I've been, I've been in your shoes before Ovens, where I came, uh, I had two uh, two losses in a row in my career, and I had that actually probably, I think I had that more than once, where I had to come back after two losses, and I know how stressful that could be, and personally, I always just try to remember um, why I got in it in the first place, that I just enjoy fighting, you know, to keep me mentally on track. How's your mental state coming off two losses? I mean, uh, how how are we feeling? I'm feeling good, actually. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the things, like, uh, especially like uh, my loss against Sean. It just it took the fight on, you know, two and a half weeks' notice. And, you know, I tell a lot of people, we'd be like, why would you take that fight for? And I was like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And, you know, I, after that fight, coming off that loss, I learned. And you know, I learned a lot. It's like, man, I definitely belong up here. I definitely belong um, with these top fighters up here. He kind of showed you what happened. He kind of, he kind of put you in a situation where, like, okay, he's supposed to be the best, but yet, you know, I went – all five rounds with him in two and a half rounds with a broken arm. And and I still felt like I came out, you know, on top. You know, even from this, the, the my last fight had a lot of mental problems going on and stuff. And, you know, a lot of times you, you can you can be in the best physical shape possible, but if you go into a fight, you know, um, mentally jacked up, you're, you lost the fight before you even, even fought. So um, just working on that, just being more fine-tuned and keeping to myself, um, and just going back to what made me, when you have a lot of success, a lot of the success come really quickly. So at the end of the day, you go back and you have a focal, a focal point and be like, okay, where in my life, in my fight career, where I did my best? What happened? What did I do? And how is that? How, is that, uh, how, how can I capitalize on that? So I just kind of went back. And, you know, it's, it's, it just kind of went back and kind of focused on, okay, where in my fight career where I did my best, what was I doing? And I kind of went back and, you know, in my training, I felt the difference and um, just everything. And, and it just it just made me that much of a better fighter now. 
you know, it, it's interesting because even though on your record it, you have you're coming off two losses. I remember correctly, you know, that fight with John Jones, you know, you took it on short notice, like you said, and it definitely didn't lower your stock. I mean, you went five rounds with a guy that's considered, you know, the best ever or one of the best ever. And a guy, a lot of guys with a full camp aren't going five rounds with him. You know, some of the best guys on the planet. So that alone, it almost felt like a victory for you. Everybody was giving John Jones crap about that fight, saying, oh, look at that. What if he fought DC? I don't think they were giving you enough credit for that fight, to be honest with you. I mean, it was a fight that, you know, a lot of people look at it as like, okay, you know, this would be a good fight for him, like a, you know, a tune-up fight. And I always told people, he usually have people, he he has a problem with people his size. And, you know, that's, that's just a fact. And, you know, I'm one of the fighters within that weight class that's close to his size. And um, don't get it twisted. He, he, he's a beast. But at the end of the day, it's just like I'm letting him know, too, when I was in there, look, I'm not going to be a, push, a guy to push around at all. How did you break your arm? Just being stupid. Uh, you know, um, he was throwing a lot of body kicks, and I was checking them pretty good. Uh, low kicks, too. I was checking those pretty good. And um, I, I, there was a time he didn't throw a lot of kicks, and I didn't feel concerned about it. And the way I went to go uh, block the kick, I just had my arm sticking out there, like, and uh, it just kind of hung out there, and it hit. And I was like, okay, this kind of hurts a little bit. And, you know, going into the, the happening third round and going into the fourth round, I was like, man, this shit hurts really bad. So in my drilling, I was like, usually when you get hit in a fight, you don't really feel, feel anything. Or if you get hurt, you don't feel anything till, you know, if it's not significant, you don't feel nothing until after the fight. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is pretty bad because I'm still feeling it right now. Was it um, your forearm when you went to yeah, block? Yeah, my forearm. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I've taken shots and sparring with shin pads. The guy's wearing shin pads. And when they, especially if they were a South, they'd go to hit my head and I'd bring my arm up. And I'm like, yo, I might, I might have rather if you hit me in the head. <laughs> and that's with shin pads on, Jimmy. I'm like, dude, I feel like my forearm's in half. So I can only imagine, man. My, my One of my guys was fighting the other day, uh, oh, Vince, my guy, um, Aljo Sterling, and he has a nice Yeah, I know, AJ. Yeah, yeah. So I was tell, we were telling him, man, dude, t- decapitate this guy. And if anything, he goes to block it, man. He's going to be a one-armed fighter, you know? So that, that, that was just fresh in my head because that was in Denver last weekend. But that does suck, man. I feel for you with that. And what kind of uh, – you said some mental – stuff was going on i think before your last fight what you said you weren't mentally in the right place what was going on mentally that you feel like you weren't in the right place uh it it happens it happens to everybody you know a lot of times you can't help it you know um you know a lot of personal things happen um just had a personal problem that that happened and uh i didn't handle it in the in the right manner or whatnot but you know it happens to everybody um not making excuses about nothing so do you try it? I mean, I might look, it, it's easy to say, well, we keep everything out of the ring or away from our jobs, but personal stuff is part of who we are. And it's hard not to let it sometimes bleed into your training or to whatever else years you're supposed to be doing. I mean, it, this is me personally. Like I tell people when you become a fighter, when you're in any sport, especially, I think, especially being a fighter, just because you, it, it, it's different. You know, I played football, you know, you can have a, a, a guy, that plays football, and, you know, week three, he goes, you know, 10 for 25 and have a, the worst game of his life. And then come come back and, you know, uh, come back the following week, go 30 for 35 and game-winning touchdown and have the game of his life. You know, you got you get within a week to redeem yourself. Basketball is even better. Basketball, you play on Tuesday night and go, you know, 
two for 15 and they talking about you for two days and and then Thursday come around you go you know 30 for 35 and you know you making sports in the top 10 like people don't realize like when you within those sports you, you can you can you're high and low come and go right. but sometimes you you more than high and low you know with the mixed martial arts with the combative sports mixed martial arts boxing or whatever when you do those you got to wait months and months <laughs> to actually come back from that and you know it puts us it, athletes are athletes, but I think it puts us in a different tier. I think I, I explain to a lot of people like, you know, a lot of things can go during the training camp. You know, training camp is long. You it, 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 you have highs and lows. I tell people, to me, it feels like I've never been uh, a drug addict. I've never been an addict, but it feels like, you know, you're a drug addict and you actually, you know, going through rehab. You know, when you do stuff like that, when you have those guys who are doing stuff like that, you know, the last thing you want to do is relapse. Everything in your training camp has to be going personally. Personal, um, has to be going good. And redemption outside takes a while to, be, to get. Yeah, outside your life has to be going good. You know, um, if you get hurt in training, boom. And next thing you know, you just be like, okay, it's the end of the world. You having problems at home with your loved one, boom. Everything can go. Per, uh, everything can go well. So you just outside distractions. You always want to when you're going through rehab. You always the things that the negative thing is that making you do the bad stuff you want to stay away from. And, you know, with mixed martial arts, a negative thing can be, like, simple as, you know, when you're fighting, you get hurt. Boom. You spend all this time getting ready. You spend all this money getting training done, and you get hurt. Or, you know, sometimes um, you can have uh, personal problems going on at home. It'll show in the gym. It'll show. It'll definitely show in the gym. And you said, uh, you know, we, we opened up the chat. You said you wanted to be a, a, in law enforcement of, of some sort. What was it that made you want to do that? Was it? Did you see a lot of bad stuff growing up, or did you just admire cops, or or did you get picked on? Or I'm I'm always curious as to what makes somebody want to do such a dangerous job. Um, it's just a lot of reasons. Just the overlook aspect of it. I mean, um, they, it's just something I always wanted to do as a kid. I kind of seen them. It's just like you always want to. Somebody it's always you look at somebody in, a, in a, an authority figure and stuff, but they dare to help. And, you know, my my thing as a kid is, like, you know, I had a deputy at my school, and um, he always sit down, and he always checked up on the kids, make sure they were okay, and always was a good role model. And um, it's something that uh, I, I kind of, I guess, wanted to do, just be that good role model. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching, you ever see Serpico? No. It's a great movie about a cop who, who fought, it's a true story, fought corruption in New York, Frank Al Serpico. Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino played him. And he said that someone asked him why he wanted to be a cop. And he saw, he said when he was a kid, he was walking by and there was like a building that was like uh, taped off and no one knew what was going on. But there's all these cops going in out of the buildings. And he goes, those guys knew. I wanted to be one of those guys that knew what was going on. And that to me seems like the appealing part of being a cop is that you kind of know what's going on when nobody else does. But then again, I'm just quoting Serpico and I really, <laughs> to a guy who's never seen Serpico, which means I'm an asshole. I apologize. I like, I like, I like that you quoted it. I never thought of it like that. No, That's I know. Nice. But the, I'm, I always wonder what makes somebody want to do something like that. But I understand why you'd want to fight. But you got into mixed martial arts later than you got into football, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I started uh, mixed martial arts when I was twenty four, twenty five. Now, does John Jones, like you said, he he is a beast? But was he scarier or less scary than you thought he was going to be? Again, considering especially you had no real lead up time to prepare for him. Um, nah, I never thought about it like that. It's something that you know, it's, it was crazy. It's just like 
my trainer, and I was like, what do you think a dream fight should be? And I was like, uh, John Jones. And I was like, why you say that? Because you're perfect size for him. And he's, he definitely has power. And he'll he'll definitely respect you. And I was like, okay, I don't get what you're coming from. He was like, if you have power, he's going to respect you. Plus, you're his size. And since you're his size, it's, it's going to make that much of a difference. And, you know, I think while I was in there, when, you know, I, I can tell going into the first round, he really didn't have any respect for me. But his first couple of takedowns that he tried to get on me and he didn't, he wasn't able to do it, I think he kind of respected that. And, you know, um, when I actually cracked him one time, he definitely respected that. When so, he felt how hard you hit. Yeah. Now, Cormier is fighting uh, Rumble Johnson. They put they finally got that fight uh, together. It looks like April 8th uh, at 210 in Buffalo. How do you see that fight going? Because Cormier has already beaten him, and he's such a smart fighter. Like, he really understands that the last thing you want to do is have Anthony Johnson hit you in the face. And, uh, you know, and so he kind of uh, he used his wrestling. What, what do you think in, in the rematch? Um, just go back to what you know. It's just like, it's, it's Cormier was like, okay, when he first fought Johnson and, um, you know, uh, Johnson hit him and uh, <laughs> um, someone told me Cormier was like, you know, that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. Right. And um, usually when that happened, you like that, that oh shit factor come into play. And he went to back, he went, he went back to what he knew. And, um, you know, that's, that's what made Cormier is just wrestling. And I mean, he's Olympian. That's what made him. So uh, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it, it's just as long as he goes back to what he knows and, um, don't get uh you know over I guess Johnson's the type of guy you can crack him that doesn't mean nothing because as long as he's still standing up he can flick a jab and knock your ass out yeah it really is I mean you, you, if you fight a guy like that I guess you got to use your wrestling or your speed but it's scary and, and I'm a fan of Ngano like I've, I've been obsessed with Francis Ngano for like the last you know I guess year because uh, he's a guy that even if he's not as fast as a guy in the ring like he certainly doesn't have the speed of a Travis Brown or a Velasquez. But all he's got to do is land one punch and you're finished. Yeah. That's a frightening guy to have to fight. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. You put, it puts people at distance because at the same time, especially it, it, it makes you fight more cautious. And that's the thing about fighting. You don't want to fight cautious. If you fight cautious, you fight timid. And you don't know it, but you're naturally backing up. And you're already fucked up already just because they got you backed up into a corner. Now, when you first came in, you came in in 2008, uh, and, and your first two fights, you, you, you took uh, unanimous decision losses, but you did win uh, the following three after that. So after you had lost those two fights, what was your mindset that you're like, okay, I have to, it was a must win that third fight. So what did, what did you do to kind of get your head right and get yourself ready back in 2000, uh, I guess it was 2009? Just knowing what I'm capable of, you know, those fights that I, that, that I lost, I was always winning those I was always winning those fights. And the thing about mixed martial arts is when I first started is just like, you know, the gym was nothing to me. But, you know, you, you do a lot of the work in the gym but that's not where all the work is being done, you know, a quarter three quarters of that work is being done within the gym. The you get one third of the work in the gym, another one third recovery, another one third is outside of the gym. When I mean by outside of the gym, um doing your conditioning, working out and everything. And, um, you know, that, that part alone, I was doing it on my own. It's only natural when you push yourself. When you're actually doing your strength and conditioning by yourself, you can only push yourself for so long and so far. So it's even you can even see it. You know, if you put me in a treadmill by myself, you know, I'm going to tap out before I need to. <laughs> yeah. If you put me in a treadmill with somebody else next to me, it's just that natural competition that takes over. So, you know, I um, ended up 
having a, a good strength and conditioning coach, uh, Nate Hoffmeister, and um, helped me out tremendously. Push me, push me, push me. And even when I feel like giving up, okay, you got one more, you got one more. You, when you kind of hear that, it kind of have that triggering effect in your mind and be like, okay, I do have one more. When you're up under, you know, you're doing a squat set, you got one more set, and you'd be like, man, I'm about to, my leg's about to fall out. And you do that last set, and you're like, wow, I did have one more. So right. that kind of helps out tremendously. And I think that's, you know, within the second part of my career that made my career take off the way it did. And because um, I always had the tools in the gym. It's just, like I said, the first round, round and, round and a half, I'm always capitalizing. And then after that, it just, that fadeaway system that ha- started happening. Yeah, that's, that's the thing about a good trainer. They, they know how hard to push you, and they know that you have – they know you have more in the tank than you think you have. And that's that was great about when, when Longo used to put me through the conditioning training. Like, like I trust – you have to have trust there because anybody yeah. could burn you out and just call out push-ups and burpees and, and just make you puke. And you're like, But if you don't trust the guy, you're like, is this guy doing this just for his – to make me his feel ego, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Or is he doing it to get me where I need to be? So yeah. it's very important I mean, to have trust with your uh, trainers. It's, it's the it's the same way with my trainer Eric. It's just like this point, I'm in the gym and I'm like, and I'm doing something. I'm so worn out. And then after that, it's just like your body just start breaking down. You know, your body start breaking <laughs> down. And you st- when your body break down, your mind is still there. You still can go, but you can tell him. He he'll look at me. He'll be like, he can tell my mind just start completely just break yeah. down, and I'm just completely exhausted. And I'll be doing something, and he'll be like, all right, just go home. And I'm like, huh? What do you mean? He's just like I, I, I can keep going. He's like, no, you can't. Your mind is not even there. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, and I think about it, and I'm like, man, I don't know. What are you talking about? I can keep on going. And then I start thinking about it and be like, I don't even remember what we just did. Yeah, that's so, funny how they 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 have that uh, intuition. They know they could just sense it. I mean, that's why I could never be like a conditioning coach or anything. One, I don't, I wouldn't know how to do it. But two, like with Longo or whoever your trainer is, like. I mean, they get abused. I mean, there's times when he's telling me one more. I'm like, oh, dude, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to be take that abuse. Afterwards, I'm apologizing. And but uh, during it, I'm like, dude, seriously, one, what? what Versa climber? Oh, yeah, Versa climber stinks. <laughs> I don't train to fight. I just have like regular trainers in the gym, yeah. and they're women. But what motivates me is I'm like, if I do one more set, maybe she'll sleep with me, and it never <laughs> happens. <laughs> it never ever hey, works. <laughs> Look, whatever keeps you motivated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much. You're really fun to talk to, and I would love to have you on again. And uh, you're on the main card, uh, FS1. It is this Saturday, Bermudez versus the Korean Zombie, and you're fighting Volcan Yuzdemir. And uh, and good luck, man. Uh, you know, we're hoping that uh, you can kind of just straighten out what's, uh, you know, off course a little in the last two fights, and, and then you get back on the right track and go to 20 and 9. Oh, yeah, Definitely. All right, Ovens. Thank you so much for the call, man. It was really, it was actually really fun talking to you. Good luck, bro. All right, thank you, guys. All right, take care, buddy. All right, bye bye. Intelligent guy. Yeah, really, really good guy. And, and it's like I'm always it wants to be a cop, and like, I'm, what what makes somebody that's such a scary yeah. job? Well, I mean, I, that's a sign of a good guy, like a guy yeah. that wants to try to like like you know give back type of thing. Yeah, that's what I sense, like a superhero. You know, there's, there's different things being people want to be cops. He said he said the deputy helped him. So for him, it was probably yeah, as a kid, that's, that's nice. the guy he looked up to. Again, my long, boring Serpico story that I probably I fucking ruined. That shows our age, though. Nothing, but I know. You nothing. Know. Believe me. You ever see Dragnet? I really should be fucking drummed out of this business. <laughs> Asshole I am. <laughs>
talking to a relevant fighter about his fight coming up. So did you see Dog Day Afternoon in three D? I'm, I'm a real douche. I, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't bring up my Star Trek Vulcan. Joke. Your Star Trek thing, he probably would have went crazy for and loved. He might have loved that one. You ever see Serpico? No. Well, here's the story anyway. I yeah, could have yeah, bailed yeah. out, Matt. I could have said, well, that I won't embarrass myself, no. you, or the podcast. But really but quick, be, before we go, <laughs> let's see if this guy is on cue. Ready? Hi, everybody. I'm so happy because I knew. See, I knew. Look at him. Look how happy he is with himself. Look at Chris, the producer. Look how smug he is right now. Look how smug. Did you just fart? No, I'm just saying. Did you look at Chris? Look at his face. Look how happy he is. Yeah. I was he's right so on proud. With that one. When I pointed to him, he like gave me a smirk and be like, yeah. "Here's your little intro." Here's what you All want. Right, listen. Here it is, bitch. That's what I, he said. I, I, I didn't like his tone. That's what he, he like folded his arms like a yeah. tough guy. Good for you, Chris the producer. You did very well. Uh, listen, really quick. So we touched base on it last time. Yes, it's a movie from I think like 1993 or something. Yep. Right? I remember that. It's with Christian Slater and it's with uh, Patricia Arquette. And not only that, Gary Oldman, uh, Dennis Hopper, I could go on and on. Chris Penn, the late Chris, the late great Chris Penn. What a great movie. The movie's called True Romance. And the, the title is totally misleading because there's some romance in it. Mm-hmm. But it's Quentin Tarantino did not write it. Tony Scott, no, he did write it. He I'm sorry. It, yes. He wrote he it. Quentin Tarantino wrote it. And Tony Scott directed it. And it was a phenomenal movie. And I say zero piss breaks. What I loved about this movie so much is when I went to go see it, I didn't really know what too much what it was about. And that's a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Because I was in there, I'm like, hey, what's this about? You know, true romance. And wow, man. It, and it's such a good movie. And they even had comic books in it. He worked in a comic book shop, Clarence, down on his luck. Yeah. He met this, he met this, this uh call girl. Right, it was a set, and she yeah. only had like she only turned one Her trick, third date or something. Only yeah, turned, turned one trick. I I don't know the uh, the lingo. Yeah, but right. anyway, and they fell in love, and then basically what he said is like, listen, I got to get her out of this. I'm gonna marry her. He married. You don't know. Wait, the guy, his you know what it was. Now that I'm remembering it, because I haven't seen it a little bit, yeah. but I think the guy, uh, the old punk, the, 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 his boss. They didn't show the guy, but he hired. Alabama Whirly to to meet to meet him to go to the movie right. theater where he was at going by himself for his birthday right. when he was watching like kung fu like a marathon Alone, yeah. yeah yeah so she went there she spilled the popcorn on him because and then to get to know him and then they're watching the movie they went out for pie afterwards having this romance hi but, That's yeah right. and and she's really a whore but she's the only uh, she's a new whore That's right. So anyway, look, so I don't want to tell you the whole movie. Well, do you remember who her it. boss was? Who her boss? Her was? boss was Gary Oldman. Do you know what his name in the movie was? Wait, hold on. Gary Holman. Uh, Drexel. Drexel? Yes. Drexel? Yep. Yeah. And uh Hey, it's White Boy Day. It's White Oh, what a what a phenomenal performance. Dude. I wouldn't even know it was oh, that guy. He played Oswald and that guy. Yes. If you want for that for the, for his for his character alone, I mean he like listen, what a what a fucking great movie. He's a British there's guy. So many there's so many parts in this movie. The whole movie's entertaining. Like when he went to confront Drexel as far as Letting, letting, uh, like basically, that like he wants Alabama's not working for him no more, right? right? And this guy's a pimp. He's a pimp, literally. He's a pimp. So he goes there, and I love this part. I love. He hands him an envelope, and he goes, "Look, Alabama's with me now." I forgot the exact, but he goes, "Look, that's the amount I'm going to give for her, not a penny more. And that's what I'm going to give to her, you know, give for her to, to buy her out, whatever." The guy opens up the envelope. It's empty. And he turns it upside down. Turns it upside down. He goes, oh, what we got here is motherfucking Charlie Brown's. 
right? That's right. Oh, we got here, Charlie Bronson. And he ends up throwing a chain. And then they get into a brawl and he fucking takes him out. Dude, the movie is phenomenal. The movie's name, the movie's called True Romance. That's right. And I cannot say enough about it. Uh, there's a scene that, that Jimmy's going to um, say word for word, and it's Dennis Hopper's scene in it. Well, it's very truth, truthfully explains the Italian, Italian heritage. <laughs> and it's pretty... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and listen, and at the end, there's a shootout at the end, the third act, which is, which is so hairy. That it's so it's so hectic. Did you so like the hairy. feathers and stuff? Oh, it's just it's just so great, man. Because I mean, I, there's so much to get into with this. It's probably the worst review ever. No, no, but no. People, true romance, zero piss breaks. Get it wherever you could watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I told you I did whatever. a scene with one of the guys from that movie. You did, oh, you told I me the one who the, 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 uh, the Italian that didn't speak the English, and he no, said, what did not he say? him. I know him, oh, Paul who? Paul Ben Victor. You no, this is uh, I was doing independent film, and I was talking about something, and True Romance came up, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I was in that." I'm like, "Were you?" He goes, "Yeah." He was the guy that goes, "Lee, I hate cops." That giant bodyguard, oh, the blonde guy, yeah, who's like uh, he had an Uzi or something. Wait, what was his name? Uh, I can picture the guy going, "Get, get, get coffee, get coffee." What was his name? What, what, what he played about? a big dude. Uh, get coffee. Get coffee. His the, the, the big director told him, "Get some oh, coffee." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Thor. Um, get coffee. Boris. He played oh, you're, Boris. You're about uh, uh, Peter, uh, Bronson. Uh, no, uh, Bronson nope. Pickett. No. <laughs> No. About? It's Eric Allen Kramer is the actor. Yeah, yeah, he played right. Boris. Played Boris. Yeah. Boris, get an ambulance! And, and, and I'm he, hurt. He was the bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, he was the bodyguard. I hate movies. cops. So yeah, the cops breaking in, the bodyguards, and uh, Tom Sizemore's in that. Yes, I like this Clarence. He's a wild He's man. A wild, yeah, man. What a fucking good movie. No, man. the movie is so Chris good. Chris Penn, Jimmy, are you telling me that this is a uh, a, a zero piss break movie? Zero piss break yeah. movie. And I do the best walking. Do it. Oh, the UFC. Oh, come on wait, what now. About I don't your want to son brag. Clarence. It's like Fuck. he walked in. Wait, here. wait. That's what about hey, 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 Christopher? I'm sorry. Oh. I, I was, what about when he said about young? What about your your, your son Clarence Fuckhead? Could you say that? Wait, like, oh, your son Fuckhead that he is left his driver's light. Oh, your son Clarence <laughs> Fuckhead. Yeah, I wish I could do it. I, I like it though. I can't do walking either. I wish I could. You I can. I can't do it again. Oh, okay, good. But uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So that's my movie minute, everybody. Very good. I know you wanted it back. I'm sure you're asking about it on Twitter, which I'm not on anymore. But there it is. True romance, oldie, but goodie. All right. It comes down to, no, you know what? I know we're almost done when Jimmy starts looking at his phone. No, no, I'm just checking the time. I, I I'm a, sorry, Jimmy. I have a worker in my house that I didn't know was coming. Yeah, well, we're getting out of here now. I think we had a good I time. I have to pee. Listen, I will not see you guys. Uh, yes, good luck. On uh, next week. I will for the uh, second show. Yes, for Wednesday. Yes, Thursday show. With Eve's Edwards. I don't want to confuse people, but yes. And Eve's Edwards and maybe somebody else. Keep giving us a surprise. Keep it us a surprise. Yeah. Okay. And we have well, Wyclef on Monday, though. Oh, I'm going to miss Dan him. Soda. I want to miss I want to meet that guy. <laughs> oh, are you clenching? No, you, I have to pee. You're yawning. You're clenching. I'm just tired. You got to pee? I had a good show today. It was yeah. fun. All right. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm actually upset I'm going to be not here on uh, Monday, but. Uh, uh, Sunday, I will be um, doing a lot of number twos. Yep. I'm going to have a cleanse. And uh, I'm going to try to do the right thing. And I think you're going to see a more in shape Matty S in the studio. I have thing. to piss terribly, so I'm kneeling on my chair right now. So like anyway, guys, let me tell you, the colonoscopy is coming up. And uh, what else we got to talk about? Good luck, my friend. <laughs> All right, guys. We're, we're leaving so Jimmy can relieve himself. <laughs> All right, everybody. SarahBJJ.com.
See you soon. Bye.